0: Hey, you're listening to Blue Gene Church's podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. To learn more about Blue Gene Church in Selma, Alabama, visit us at www.bluejeanselma.com. song. Thank you, Father, for being here. Uh, when we're in your house, Lord, there's just no shame, no judgment, no failure. It's just, uh, Lord, you change perspective completely when our mess-ups become springboards for, for uh, life and good stuff. So Lord, thank you for being here with us. I just pray, Holy Spirit, you would anoint this and release revelation and understanding that this would go in us and we would not forget. And, uh, yeah, so come. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> when I was little, a little kid, y'all probably heard it, probably everybody in here has heard it, but there used to be a book called Aesop's Fables, and uh, they had some just great stories. In it, You know, kids' stories. And y'all remember the story of the tortoise and the hare, right? You know, the, the storyline is they've got a race to run. And, you know, everybody thinks the hare's going to win, the rabbit. And uh, the tortoise, being slow as Christmas, they start the race. And the, as the story goes, the tortoise just, one step at a time, steady, never quits, one step at a time. Never quits, never gives up, doesn't get off track, just keeps on keeping on. And but the rabbit, who's fast as as lightning, starts off fast, looks like he's going to smoke him, gets distracted, goes here, goes there, quits doing what he's supposed to do, ends up losing the race. And um, for me, that's a metaphor for the message tonight. Um. There've been some people that I've come across recently, and even in my own life, that I think this message will speak to. And it's this: what I've been saying recently is, you got to be in it for the long game. You got to be in it for the long haul. And the tendency for all of us is to think, well, I, you know, if you're in Teen Challenge, well, I got a year to do. And do the year, I'm done. And, you know, stick a fork in it, it's done. You know, I'm on, I'm on my way. You know, you get in, you count the days, and I would too. <laughs> you know, I don't blame y'all. That's human. But it's like the the mindset and the perspective that that if if all you're thinking is that when you get in with God is that you got to complete a year. And then you're good. Or you know, I'll get out and I'll get a job and you know, then it'll be good. Whatever. And and it's like it's not going to work. Cuz you're in it for the short game. You're in it for the quick fix. You're in just a However long, if it's a three-month program or a 30-day program or a year program or whatever, if your mindset is "I'm gonna do this because I wanna stay out of trouble," and yeah, I'm in with Jesus, Hallelujah, and all that, but the minute the pressure and the requirements and the structure leaves, it's like, well, I ain't got time for this. I wanna go do whatever." You know, and it's not bad stuff always. It's not necessarily drugs or whatever, you fill, fill that in. It, can, it could be good things like working out. It could be something benign, like just watching the news or TV. Nothing wrong with that, watching sports. But getting distracted and thinking, hey, I got this licked, I've done this, and so I'm, I'm good I'm good and so you let up and, and what my daddy used to tell me when I was working with him he'd say son quit hitting a lick at a snake get up on it come on you know and hitting a lick at a snake means uh, half ass y'all know what I'm talking about you know what I'm talking about and, and here's the deal When you, you, what you're doing right now for a year, or once you get in with God, you get baptized and all that, that's awesome. But that's not the end game. It's the beginning of a lifetime of growth, a lifetime of transformation. It's it's a lifetime walk of abundant life it's not like oh my gosh I got a whole life where I got to do all this you know I got to go to church I got to do these things I got to do all this stuff you know and it sounds it's actually the vehicle for abundant life I was talking to a dude today and he's been in a real tough place and depressed and you know, just you know it's like at some point in your life, in mine, it was my mid-30s, I had, I had seemingly what the world said was great. I had a great job. I had a great wife. I had great kids. I had two cars. I had all that kind of stuff. But at some point, you know, I'm riding down the road by myself one day, and I'm like, is this all there is? Because when I die, I'm not taking a single thing with me. There was a realization that there's something bigger, there's something more important, there's something that is worth living for. It's beyond, and so if, if, you're, if your focus is, well, I'm gonna finish a year and then I'm gonna get me a job and then I'm gonna get me a car and then I'm gonna get me this and then I'm gonna do this and then I'm gonna have my family back and all that, that's well and good but at some point it's not going to be enough Amen. if that's the end game. Those are good things. Those are admirable and I hope everybody has goals like that. Don't hear this wrong as saying that's a bad thing. But if, it, if that is the thing, you're doomed for failure. Because the only one and the only thing that gives life, abundant life, is Jesus. That's it. That's the end game. That's the end game. So if you're biding time, if you're just making time, or if you're all in, but when you get done, it's like, well, I don't have to fool with that. See, I'm finished, so I don't have to do, you know, some Bible reading, and I don't have to do my prayer time as much and and I can I can I call it poor baby syndrome it's a a spirit of it's a victim spirit it's like poor baby's tired poor baby's worked hard all day poor baby doesn't have to go to go to church tonight poor baby doesn't need to do this you know, poor baby and it's the enemy because it's like the end game is just finishing the program and the end game is hitting a lick at a snake because you got it figured out now. The end game is abundant life with Jesus. That's the end game. Okay? So, yeah, it is. It is good stuff. It steps on my toes, it ain't just stepping on y'alls. Okay? I mean, we all get lazy. It, it's it's not it's not just for beginners or people that are are at teen challenge. It's for everybody, okay? And so I want to read a scripture. My my friend that I love back there, Dana, like a like a son to me, and he's just so awesome. Love really love him and respect him so much. He sent me something the other day that was just such a good devotion. It's Exodus twenty three. And it's verse 29 and 30. And and it's like, this is is an indication that where where they are, the Israelites are about to go into the promised land. And and God says, I'm gonna give you the promised land. You're gonna get it all. (laughs) You know, the land of milk and honey, you got it. But then he says something really profound. God says to him in verse 29, but... I will not drive out the the different people, the Hittites and all the Canaanites and all those people. He says, I won't drive them out in a single year because the land would become desolate and the wild animals would multiply and threaten you. I will drive them out a little at a time until your population has increased enough to take possession of the land. And so he's that is a spiritual principle the hare in that in that story the hare and the tortoise he's like run them all out God give me the land and that sounds good it's like well I, I got it I got it fixed I've finished Teen challenge I've gotten in I've been baptized I've got whatever I'm in and so I'm in the promised land there's n- there's nothing, there's nothing else I need. But the Lord is being clear that freedom and abundant life and transformation and reclaiming territory from the enemy, it happens a little at a time. It doesn't happen all at once. It's not a one and done. So when you're done with Teen Challenge for a year, or you've started your walk with the Lord, hallelujah, that's a huge thing. That's celebration. That's one of those things you put stars by and you circle the date and you hang up a certificate and you, you celebrate. That is celebration worthy. But if that's where it stops, the same thing that the Lord said would happen to the Israelites will happen to you. you haven't matured enough, you haven't grown enough to inhabit the land and keep the wild animals out. There's, there's, more, there's more maturing, there's more growth to establish the land. You know, I don't know if y'all have paid any attention to the war in Ukraine, but I've been fascinated by this, by this war. And, and what I've been most fascinated by is Ukraine. They are bad to the bone. They are like David versus Goliath. They have been fighting like cats and dogs just with everything they've got to beat the Russians. And what I've read multiple times is the Russians have enough men and artillery and that kind of thing to go in and take get ground but they don't have enough to keep it. So they're making a little progress, they make a little progress, make a little progress, but when it's all said and done, they're fighting themselves out, and with more weapons, the expectation is Ukrainians are gonna come back and whip some tail. And so in our lives, that's a metaphor for consistency Staying on the track. Keeping on, keeping on. When the rules go away and the requirements leave and you've got freedom, instead of saying, I'm checking out. Poor baby's been working. Poor baby's not going to go to the group tonight or not going to get up and go to church in the morning. Instead of saying that, that's the very time you got to say No. I'm going because this is the way. Jesus says I am the way, the truth and the life. This is the way to freedom. It's consistency. It's a step at a time. It, it's keeping on, keeping on. It's not starting and stopping. It's walking it out and not letting other things get in the way. Clutter. I listened to a speaker one time and he kept using the word clutter. And when he said it, he would say clutter, clutter, clutter. And it stuck in my mind. What a great word for clutter, for things in our lives that will keep us from the most important thing. And that's our relationship, life-giving relationship the way relationship, the one who gives abundant life relationship to keep us away from him. is clutter. And it could be drugs. It could be a girl. And just FYI, for 90% of the guys that I've seen graduate from Teen Challenge, a girl is is usually right at the center of the fall. I mean, it's true. I've seen I've seen it happen over and over and over. It's and, and the thing is, I won't just go hang out. I want not just go, you know, I've I've been in teen challenge with a bunch of guys for a year. You know, you can justify anything. You can, you can justify anything. But it is a it is a trap. It is. It is. And at at some point the Lord, you'll be there. You know, when you build a house you know, I've, I've watched I watched uh, Heath Hammonds build my, my shack, and there's a process. There's a foundation. There are walls. There are steps one at a time, and, and you have to do them in order. If we had tried to do, you know, stuff at the end, like uh, all the electrical stuff and everything, you know, we, we'd we have had to tear stuff out and redo stuff because we wouldn't have done it in the right order. There's a process. It's got to happen in the right process. And and so like relationships and wives and families and houses and all that, that comes in time. But it doesn't come first. Jesus says this. He says, if you obey what I tell you, then you will be building your house on a rock, on solid ground. And when the storms of life come and the pressure comes and when, when something bad goes wrong or a curveball comes, somebody gets sick or you lose a job or your car messes up and you don't know how you're going to pay it and there's pressure, instead of saying, well, i just go use. Yeah, I'll just go numb it so I don't have to worry about it with a while, for a while. And then you open that door and then two months later you're in prison because you're hooked on fentanyl. Or you go back to whatever. You've opened the door. And, and so if you don't do what God says do, you're building your house on sand. And when the winds come and, and the storms blow, your house will fall. So there's an order to a life of abundant life. It is. Uh, in, In the secular world, in the drug court arena that I was in, we called it recovery. You're in recovery for the rest of your life. You're just walking it out, step at a time. And you keep doing things and habits, you form habits that will help you stay clean and your spiritual relationship with Jesus is the foundation it is and you know i i just see how often the mindset is a short game immediate you know i'm just just got to finish this thing and then i'm done but it's the long haul one step at a time okay the scripture is full of this. Look at 2 Corinthians. We'll flip real quick. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 3. We've looked at this before in here. 3.16 But when anyone turns to the Lord, the veil's taken away for the Lord is a spirit and wherever the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. So all of us who've had the veil removed and, and see and reflect the Lord's glory and the Lord who is a spirit makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. Uh, the NIV says we are being transformed from glory to glory by the Lord who is the spirit. Transformed. It's a process. It's the tortoise. It happens over time. It's Exodus. God's going to give it to us a little at a time so that when we get it, we can hang on to it as we walk this out. It's not like a one done, you're cooked, you're done, go do what you want to do. It's walk this out, a daily walk. It's a daily walk. It really is. And uh, y'all know Romans. To what was it, 12, 1 through 2? Be transformed by the renewing of your mind? That's another scriptural evidence of process. There our minds get transformed. The more. It's like tonight, what you are doing, you are in the pickle juice. You are being transformed because you're hearing the truth. It's going in you. And so you're being transformed, your mind's being renewed. Maybe you're hearing something for the first time and instead of looking at your time and Teen Challenge or your walk with the Lord that I've, I'm kind of done. Once I get finished, I'm good to go. It's like maybe the Lord's saying that's not the right perspective. I've been walking with the Lord 25 years. If you'd have told me 25 Six years ago, that I would be here on a Wednesday night talking to you guys and y'all, you, you girls, I'd have said, You're crazy as a busy bug. I ain't going to church on Wednesday night. The Baptists go to church on Wednesday night, not Presbyterians. And now, I mean, this is where I want to be. I'm not, t- I'm not preaching at you, I'm telling you what I do. I'm plugging in. I want to be in for the long haul. This isn't isn't you're doing something wrong. This is like, this is how you walk. Jesus says, I am the way. In Isaiah, I think it's chapter 30, where it says, in those days you will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, now walk in it. And so what's happening tonight, the Holy Spirit is speaking to you and saying, this is the way. Now walk in it. Change your mind. Change your perspective to well, I got this licked. I'm gonna do a year, and then you know when I when I make intern or I'm gone or I've got my job or whatever, you know I'm gonna hit a lick at a snake at the spiritual stuff. I got I'm I'm cooked. Stick a fork in me. You know I'm gonna do a little bit here, a little bit there, and I'm gonna compromise here and there and it's going to all turn out because I got, I got this under control. But you don't. I don't. If, if I start doing certain things or not walking with the Lord, man, I can tell it. I can tell it in my life. I can tell it anyway, but it's a whole lot worse when I'm not plugging in, when I'm not doing the things that I know that help me plug into the power source that I need to, to walk successfully and to walk in abundant life. Does that make sense? Okay. I want to read a parable. Okay. Um, yeah. I'll read a parable. Look at Matthew. Chapter 13. It's the parable of the sower and the seed. Y'all, y'all know that one. Jesus was teaching, and parables. Parables are like stories. They're stories about things that are everyday life stuff that we we can connect to. Okay, and Jesus taught in stories because they would illustrate spiritual principles and truth okay and so he tells this parable or this story one day to a bunch of people he said this is chapter 13 verse 3 a farmer went out to plant some seeds as he scattered them across the field some seeds fell on a footpath and the birds came and ate them up other seed fell on shallow soil with underlying rock the seeds sprouted up quickly because the soil soil was shallow but the plants soon soon withered under the hot sun since they didn't have deep roots and they died. Other seed fell along among the thorns and they grew up and the seed and the thorns choked out the tender plants. Still other seed fell on fertile soil and they produced a crop that was 30 60 even 100 times as much as they'd been planted. Anyone with ears, let them hear and understand. All right, so the disciples are like, what does that mean? And Jesus says this. He says in verse 18, now listen to the explanation of the parable about the farmer planting seeds. The seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message about the kingdom and don't understand it. Then the evil one comes and snatches it away. The hard path, a hard heart, a hard heart, the seed that's being planted doesn't go in and the enemy steals it before it can go in. Nobody here tonight has a hard heart. Not a single person here has that, okay? You've got a heart to hear and understand. Otherwise, you wouldn't be here on Wednesday night, right? Right? So that's a good thing. The next one says, the seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. I cannot tell you how many times I've seen people do this. I've done it. there are people that will come and they'll get they will it will be sincere they will be sincere they will be so excited about God they will believe but at some point after a few weeks there's one guy won't mention his name he's not around anymore he caught on absolute fire for 3 months and some things happened and he left. I've reached out to him several times, and no response at all. And he got on fire, but he quit. See, the the rocks in the soil—it's the Holy Spirit that gets the rocks out. It makes the soil better. And rocks represent—you name it: girls, uh, drugs. Uh, um, a short-term perspective, like you know, I get a year, I'm done. I go home with my Bible, and I will go to church on Sunday. But you know, I'm done. I'm gonna go to work. I gotta make some money. I gotta pay the bills. You know, I got, I got, you know, I got, I gotta work out. I gotta buy me a car. You know, and, and all those things are real. I'm not mocking those things, but if that becomes the thing, you will be right back where you are. Because your perspective hasn't changed, your mindset is still in it for the short game. It's, I'll finish the program and then I'm done. And then I've got freedom to do what I want to do. And yeah, I'll do some, I'm going to do some. I'm going to hit a lick at a snake, you know? But your heart's not in the walk. Your heart's not. You've been made to do things. You've developed habits because it was enforced. But when you get the freedom, it's like, well, I'm going to do it sometime. And there's not a single person, me included, me included, I'm not preaching at you, in here that has not done that. I mean, so no judgment. This is just, this is the way. You gotta stay plugged in. You gotta let the Holy Spirit get the rocks out of your soil. The Holy Spirit's the one that does it. And if you don't hang out and you don't stay consistent, the chances are you'll burn up when the sun comes because your roots won't be deep enough. make sense. Okay? Let's look at the next one. This is this is a good one. And I want I want to stop and point out that that it says the it says the word it says about the seed that fell on the rocky soil. Listen to this it says It represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. It's sincere. It's like, this is awesome. Woohoo, I'm in. It is sincere. It's not fake, it's good intentions. But the walking out of it and the action of not staying in Fellowship and not staying in a walk allows the rocks to stay in there, and there's no root, it won't, it won't continue on, it just won't. Says it in the word. Here's the other one this says. The seed that fell among the thorns represents those who hear God's word, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the worries of this life and the lure of wealth. So no fruit is produced. Clutter, clutter. You know, you get out. I mean, you know, you're in a bubble right now at Teen Challenge, but uh, and if you're in the real world, though, you're not in a bubble. There are bills to pay. There's court to go to. There's, there's relationships that you're trying to reconnect with. There is pressure. You know, it's not, it's not all done for you anymore. And so we fill our lives with clutter, with things that aren't necessarily bad, but if they get in the way of relationship with Jesus, it's gonna choke out your fruitfulness. And what that means is for, for you is you'll be living, you ever remember seeing the movie, uh, The Little Mermaid? Y'all, y'all know y'all watched it. You don't, don't act like you didn't. You did. You saw The Little Mermaid. You, yeah, I love it too. My daughter watched it. I, I knew every line in The Little Mermaid. And uh, and y'all did too. Y'all remember it. But, yeah, no, I didn't. I'm too tough. I didn't didn't watch The Little Mermaid. Too much of a man to watch that show. Well, those of y'all that did watch it, y'all remember the scene. You know, the Little Mer people, And the the Ursula, the witch, she was the octopus and she was mean as a snake. And she would zap people and, you know, those beautiful mer people that looked like mer men and mer women. And she'd zap them and they'd shrivel up and look like little prune people. Right? Well, that's what it looks like to live saved but not in a walk with Jesus. That's what it looks like. You're alive, but you're not living. It's the hardest place. It's the hardest place because you got one foot in and you got one foot out. And I was there a long time. I know all about the fence. My picture's on Ride the Fence. My picture's there. This is an example of someone who rode the fence. And it's clutter, you know, family. Family. Jobs, good things, uh, but not God things. And sometimes it can be bad things. It can be relationships that are harmful. It can be drugs. It could be whatever a job. And you, well, I gotta go, I gotta go to work. I gotta pay the bills. Well, you do. But Jesus says if you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness all these other things are going to get worked out for you. Now that's the truth. That's the way. That's the way. That's the long game. That's the game where when you get out of Teen Challenge or you move on to the next phase in your life, that 10 years from now, you'll be coming to a Teen Challenge thing, supporting somebody and helping somebody. You're helping bring them out of the mess that you were in instead of being in Teen Challenge again. That's what happens. And you know what? There's not a single person in here that doesn't want that everybody wants a fruitful life everyone wants abundant life but there is a way and an order for that to happen and you've got to stay on track you have to and it's it's not about not living up to expectations it's not about disappointing people or family If that is the motivation for you to stay in the long game, you will fail as quick as a, I can say, cat. That is not the motivation to please someone. It's not the motivation to be all that for somebody. The motivation is relationship with Jesus and abundant life. That's that's the end game that you want abundant life. You want to produce fruit. You want to walk with Jesus for the rest of your life. And then he brings everything else in order. That's the end game. And so even stuff like making your family proud and even stuff like that, that's good, that's honorable. But if that's what you're doing this for, you're going to fall flat on your face. It will not last Pleasing someone else is never going to be enough. It's not. The motivation is relationship with Jesus. Lord, I want to walk with you all the days of my life. That's the motivation. I want, I want, and help me, Holy Spirit, to do it. That's the end game. And in that, guess what comes? Abundant life, peace, joy good stuff and I didn't say it, Jesus did you seek me first, everything else is going to come to you and so it's like, and we're, we're like well I got to go get out of this I got to get all this worked out I'm, I want all this, I want a family, I want this I want a Christmas tree, I want two dogs I want three houses, I want all this and all that and Jesus said that's not the way to do it because if you get those things it's not going to be enough and In my mid-30s, the realization of that hit me like a ton of bricks because I was climbing that ladder. You know, I'd gone through my wild stage in my 20s and I'd gotten out of that and I was a respectable lawyer at that point so I had it going on where I thought until it started occurring to me that I'm not taking a single toy with me. And I'm not taking the people I love the most with me, although I love them with all my heart and want, and, and want to do everything I can for them. They're not going with me. And they, they, there is an empty hole for anybody that's not walking with Jesus. It's just that's the way we're wired. And so this message really—it's not—it's—it's—it's it's, it's not a hard message, but it's like a wake-up call, because the motivation is, for me, it's like not to bust somebody's butt and you know convict somebody and get in your grill. It's I want to see you make it. Yes. Emlyn and I were talking about it recently, and he said, "I'm so broken-hearted about people that leave." and don't make it. And I said, Emlyn, I've been brokenhearted about that for years. That's why we have Joshua House. And this is the way. Now walk in it. It takes time, it's a process, and a year and Teen Challenge or a beginning walk, it's not the end game and it's not done. It's like taking a cake out of the oven and it's not done, it falls, right? So the last one is the soil's good and there's tons of fruit and that's what we all want. And so as we wrap up, Consistency. 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 Did I say consistency? It's like you got to go. You got to go every Sunday. You got to come on Wednesday. And five years from now, maybe you can skip some maybe 2 years from now maybe it, you don't you can replace things and do things differently but until you grow roots that are deep enough you have got to feed feed the plant so the roots grow consistency you can't be a poor baby poor baby deserves watching tv tonight cause poor baby worked hard today You got to keep on keeping on. You can't quit. The victim spirit, oh my gosh, I hate the victim spirit. Poor baby makes you poor baby, makes you passive. Yeah, you know, it's like, you know, I'm just going to, you, you don't participate in the solution. It's like letting other people take care of the situation or the problem. That, all that does is create weakness. My children, my boys particularly, I would not stand for the victim spirit and that passive passivity. I'd say, and just like my daddy did, quit hitting the lick at a snake. You got you got to get up on this. You got to do something about it. Um, In the hard places, and the hard things, and the mistakes that we make, this is this is another quick point. The enemy loves to say when we do mess up, when we don't follow, when we act like the rabbit instead of the tortoise and we get off track and all that and we stumble, the enemy says, you blew it, you did it again. You know, you're a dummy. You know, all that stupid stuff. Well, what happens when you make the mistake, when you screw up, if you persevere and you don't quit and you get back on track and you get back up, you grow up. I remember in football one time, and yeah, I wasn't a, a great player. I, I loved football, you know, and I played and all that. And um, but you know, I'm not like saying you know back in the days when I was such a stud, you know. But I love football, and I love, I, I just love the game. And uh, one day in, in practice, there was a guy that was in college that had played football for Auburn and he was about five years older than me, and he came to help out at practice, and the coach put him across the line from me, and for the first few plays of practice, he wore my honey out. I was pretty strong and all that, but he was a man, but I figured out by hanging in there instead of saying, I'm tabbing out. I want to get on the other side with the fat kid. You know? I... I said, no, no. You know, I'd have to pick myself up and dust myself off and wipe my bloody nose and all that. But I was like, he ain't getting the best of me, you know? And and by the end of practice, you know, I had it figured out. And we were going neck and neck. And, you know, I remember that. And as I was thinking about this today, it was like I grew up in that practice. The hardness of that, The failures that I had at the beginning of it, where I got my head knocked off, helmet turned sideways because I hadn't ever been up against anybody that big and that fast and strong. But man, after the fifth time, I knew the timing of where he was coming. I knew how he was going to get there and I I could get leverage on him. And I was pretty strong. And so, you know, I was in better shape than him. And so it evened out. But if I had given up and quit because I had messed up and I was getting beat and I had gotten knocked down, I never would have grown up that day. And so, hats off to the guys that when they do mess up, they get up. They don't quit, they don't give up. They keep fighting, they keep swinging. You're going to succeed if you do that. Okay? My daddy used to tell me, son, it's a character builder. I'd say, I'm sick of character. I hate character. I've got enough character. And he'd say, I know, but one day you'll understand. And so how do you do it as we wrap up? You gotta, you got, you gotta make time personal time. If it means getting up 30 minutes early to hang out with the Lord, do it. Stay plugged in. Don't check out on Sundays. Don't check out on stuff like this. You know? I love the fact that church comes and comes on Wednesday night and Aaron. You know, y'all don't have to. You know. You you could work it out so you didn't have to come. And I'm not slamming anybody that's not here. That's not a judgment on them, but you're wanting to be here. You know, you're you're choosing to come. And it's just a an indication that you're walking it out. Um That's it. And uh, that's all I got. I know, I'm tired of it. I'm tired of character. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway. Well, as I've said, we'll pray up, as I said, for me, the end game is to see see people succeed. To see them Loving God and experiencing the abundant life, I want to see. I want to see that for everybody, and uh, that's. I want. I want it too. So as I speak to y'all, I'm stepping on my toes. Let's pray. Lord we love you. You're so awesome. I just pray, Lord, that that everybody here that heard this this word tonight, this message, will will it Lord that you would work it in our very fiber. That it wouldn't be something we've heard and we're like, "Oh yeah. Oh yeah, I'm going to do that." You know, I'm going to I'm going to do that, and then when the time comes, we just don't. God give us the heart and the desire to walk with you all the days of our lives. Remove clutter from us. Take the rocks out of our soil. Do what you need to do so that we can walk with you, Jesus, because there's nobody like you. We want to be the people that produce incredible amounts of fruit for others in in your kingdom. And so, Lord, tonight, supernaturally, change perspectives. Go from the short game to the long game. Go to, from, from being the, a hare to the tortoise that wins the race. And the race is you, Jesus. You're the, you're the, you're the goal. You're the prize. Because you give life. And we uh, pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Anybody needing prayer, come on down front. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope this message has equipped and inspired you to transform people, your community, and the world through the love and power of Jesus Christ. Whether you're from Selma or anywhere you're listening from, we'd love to hear from you. Visit us online at www.bluejeanselma.com.